All right, bradcooney.com and the HCN Network is absolutely honored to have in Fox News contributor, HLN contributor, everything else contributor, Michelle Fields. Michelle, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Definitely an honor to have you on. I tell you what, you've really taken off here lately. Um, I've researched you from you know your college days and Daily Caller, and um, you just really just took this thing and ran with it. Man, talk a little bit about how you got to be on Fox News and Headline News and all these big news organizations as a political analysis. Well, I started off in college. I was really political. I took my first political science class, and it just. I was immediately interested, and I started looking into politics and the different political parties, and I realized that I align more in terms of economics with the Republican Party, Libertarian, I'm all about small government. Mm -hmm. So I started being active on campus, uh, hosting little protests, and at the time the Tea Party was really big as well. So I got really involved in that, and... um, now, when I graduated, I came out to Washington, and I got hired by Tucker Carlson at the Daily Caller to be a reporter, and I covered Occupy and the elections, and now I'm over at PJ Media. Good stuff, man. Um, it's really, it's just, it's also really good how these social networks have taken off also with Facebook and Twitter, so you're able to interact with your with your fans, your viewers. Um, talk a little bit about that, how that's also helped your career. Oh, it's helped tremendously. I mean, I wouldn't be where I am today if it were not for social media. Um, a lot of the stuff that I've, um, you know, I've become known for is because of people sharing it on Twitter, sharing it on Facebook, and uh, you know, Facebook and Twitter, Instagram, all of these different networks have allowed me to talk to the people who. Uh, I think represent real America. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, they tell me about the issues that they care about, that they're interested in, that they want uh, Washington to cover, and so they've helped me in figuring out what it is that they're interested in, and also helped me build my career. And cashing in the show, the very very popular show on CNN that you're a regular on, this thing's been trending for what seven? How many how many weeks in a row has it been trending now? <laughs> It's been 20 weeks. It's been crazy. We have a, a really awesome fan base for the show, and of course, Eric Bowling is the host. Yep. People really like it, and they are constantly tweeting on Saturday mornings about the show and what we're talking about, which is amazing because it's really helped get the show out there and get people interested in it. Absolutely, and, and that, it just goes, again, it shows you how the, the social... Um, networks really help because people go crazy on Twitter. Every time Saturday comes along, it's cashing in. My, my Twitter feed blows up. With uh... <laughs> all right, so happy to hear that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, so Michelle, I've um, I've included, invited some of my Facebook followers and Twitter followers, and we have some mutual followers too, um, to ask some questions um, to you. They don't always get those kind of opportunities, so I had a lot of really, a lot of really good ones. Um, so the first question, one of my Facebook followers wanted to get your thoughts on was this recent, this recent uh, Taliban trade. Um, the President Obama d- just uh, gave five terrorists for one, uh, what appears to be a deserter. Um, what are your thoughts on that whole thing and the repercussions that we may have to deal with now as a, re- as a result of that? Well, I think the president has put the American people at risk. 
and took over a man who didn't like America, was a man who didn't want to be American, and now we have five senior Taliban leaders that will likely return to the battlefield. And the Taliban commander, even admitted in the Wall Street Journal, has the story that they're encouraged to grab more Americans to make this law because now they know that this president is willing to negotiate with terrorists. And uh, the huge payoff for five years of holding Bergdahl has the Taliban incentivized to look for more targets to use as as boxing chips. So I think it has set a really terrible precedent, and we're going to see probably this be their new strategy. The Taliban is to grab an American, and then that's their way of getting what they want. You know, i got to ask this. In your experience in Washington, D.C., because you live there and you, you know, you coexist with a lot of insiders up there in, in, in Washington, D.C., on both sides of the aisle. Is the president just disconnected to to, his, to the people beneath him? Do they vet situations before they make decisions? Or is he just clueless? Because he's, obviously he's not a stupid man. I mean, he's, he's graduated all these prestigious colleges. So it's not an IQ issue. I mean, what, what do you think? Why do you think they would do something like this? Well, I think it has a lot to do with the VA scandal. The military community is very unhappy with how our veterans were treated and that, you know, veterans have died because of uh, being on these waiting lists. And people are really unhappy about that, especially um, the military families are unhappy. And I think the president thought that, you know, this would be a good distraction from the VA scandal. And I think he really thought that the American people were stupid enough to think, oh, yay, we got this hero. And they weren't going to look into who Bo uh, Berzal was and that he was a terrorist. He just thought that this was throwing a bone to the military and uh, getting a, an American hero. And he thought it was great because it was the shock people from the scandal going on at the VA. And it actually has done that. If you turn on the news, people right now aren't really talking about the VA scandal. Everyone's talking about the trade. And so he accomplished that. But in regards to your question about whether he's just stupid or out of touch, I really think it, it, he's out of touch. Um, he, he doesn't understand the American people. The fact that he underestimated the backlash that he would get over this just shows that he doesn't understand the American people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you would think that there's one person. Most presidents have, you know, a an advisor that kind of, you know, that has a president's ear that says, hey, Mr. President, this this is probably not a good idea. Where is that person with with President Obama? You would think somebody would say, hey, you know what, the V8 thing is a bad thing, but this guy, you know, this guy's a deserter, and this is this this could come back and actually make things worse. Where's that guy? I think it, it, I, well, I don't think there is that guy. <laughs> but I think in a sense, the president kind of sympathizes with this point of view that uh, this soldier had, Bordell. I think he sympathizes with it. If he goes to these liberal colleges and mm. all these liberal professors, people like Noam Chomsky, they all they all probably look at this soldier and say, well, he was right. He was there in Afghanistan witnessing these atrocities by the American government, and uh, he followed his conscience and did something that he felt he needed to do and reach out to the Taliban and the Afghanis, uh, the Afghan people. So I think they kind of sympathize with him in a way that they don't see him as a deserter, but a man who was torn because he saw what evil America was doing and he felt like he needed to follow his heart. But really, you know, this guy took an oath and he was there and he took an oath and he needed to, to do what he had to do. I mean, the idea that he should desert and we should have sympathy for him is ridiculous. Mm. Okay, let's let's move ahead. 
let's talk about these midterms coming up. This is really, really big. Um, whoever's halfway tuned into what's going on with with these midterms, they understand that that the Republicans have a fairly decent chance to take the Senate and hold the House. Give me your thoughts. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think that will happen? I do. I think that right now the president and the Democratic Party is in so much trouble. Uh, they have the VA candidate. They have the terrible Obamacare rollout. Now they have uh, this deserter that they went and traded five people from the Taliban for. So I think things are looking good for the Democratic Party. And midterm elections in general tend to be good for Republicans because people who go and vote in this election tend to be older, they tend to be conservative, and they tend to be white. Um, whereas in general elections, you get uh, a more diverse group of people, but in midterm elections, you tend to get a lot of older conservative people. So they're, always, they're, all, they're already at an advantage. Um, and it doesn't help, you know, it didn't help the Democratic Party that Obama and, and the Democratic Party as a whole is in a hot mess. Mm -hmm. I think it looks good for the Republican Party going into the midterm election. Okay, good deal. Now, your voice got a little bit muffled there. I don't know if there's something covering your phone or... Um, I, I, ho I hope the digital recorder will pick up that last part. Okay, so so you believe that we will take the Senate, um, hold the House. So that, so now I've, I've had probably five people ask me this question. Ooh, ooh, please ask Michelle this. Ask Michelle this. Everybody wants to know about the big impeachment word. If if we do get the if the Republicans do get the the Senate and hold the House. Will they bring up the impeachment word? Will, will that happen, do you think? No, I don't think so, not at all. Um, I think a lot of the people in, on Capitol Hill are a lot of, as they say, rhinos. <laughs> right. And they're not going to do that. The sad thing is I think what's next, what's next to come, is probably immigration reform. But it definitely would not be impeachment. That's a very frustrating thing to hear um, for a lot of people. Um, and that and that goes to show why there is a movement with the Tea Party, and I don't think it's as dead as people think it is. Actually, um, in fact, we have a guy down here in Mississippi who may actually beat um, a longtime established Republican in Thad Cochran. Uh, we have Chris mm -hmm. McDaniel's down here who actually came very, very close to winning outright, but he didn't quite get the fifty-one percent that he needed. Uh, so now we have a runoff coming up. Um, Talk a little bit about the GOP and the Tea Party clash, because there is this definite clash between the two, um, and it doesn't really do a uh, good service for either. Talk about that. It doesn't, but, you know, a lot of people in Washington are constantly saying, oh, the Tea Party is dead, the Tea Party is dead. But I think that, you know, the election that we just saw in Mississippi, like you just mentioned, uh, shows that the Tea Party isn't dead. It's alive and well, and they're very unhappy with what the establishment is doing in D.C. And I think we're going to see the establishment and the Tea Party really butt heads in 2016 because, you know, this, the establishment, their point of view, whenever there's an election, is let's just give it, let's give the presidential nomination to the guy who, like, whoever is next, right? So it was McCain last time, and I, the time before that it was McCain, and then Romney was last time. They never go find this up-and-coming young person like the Democratic Party does. And I think the, the establishment needs to realize that what they're doing isn't working because we're not winning elections. Exactly. They just give it to the next guy. Hmm. And that's what they're going to do this time. They're going to do it with Jeb Bush again. And I think the Tea Party and Americans in general are sick of that. They realize that that doesn't win elections to so just give it to whoever is next. 
we got to find someone that really inspires the American people. So what can the people do? I mean... I mean, like you just said, Jeb Bush, I thought maybe Christy might be the guy for a minute there. Uh, but now, yeah, you're right. It looks like Jeb Bush is going to be the one. Um, how, how, do you, how, do you, how do the people fix that? I mean, what's the fix? Well, I think they need to get excited over uh, one candidate and really rally behind one candidate. Um, no one really did that last time. No one was excited about anyone, really. Everyone was just kind of meh. They all, everyone just tuned out. So hopefully, um, you know, I personally, I really like Senator Rand Paul. Yeah, me too. I like Ted, I like Ted Cruz. Uh, so hopefully Republicans this time around will get excited about one of these people and rally around them and fight the establishment. But the Tea Party didn't really do that last time. But we, didn't, we also didn't have that great of a candidate. I didn't mm-hmm. think so last time. But hopefully this time we'll have a better field. Yeah. I think Rand Paul's probably the, the guy. I mean, as much as I like Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz seems yeah. like he might be a little polarizing. Um, even though I like a lot of his views, I think Rand Paul's more apt to get more ears, more people to pay attention. What do you think? I absolutely agree. And, you know, we've never really had a Republican who really rallies and energizes young people. Mm. And for the first time, we have someone like that, and that is Senator Rand Paul. And he's able to go uh, and cross party lines. He's very savvy. He knows how to get people not just Republicans or conservatives, but other people on board with the, on board with the Republican Party. I mean, just look at what he did with the stand for Rand Grove thing. He was able to really get behind an issue that everyone can agree on. And he's going out there, he's talking to groups that usually aren't Republicans. He's going to African-American communities and schools and talking to them about economic freedom. And I think that shows leadership that we haven't seen in a long time in the Republican Party. Yep, I agree. Okay, so let's talk about Obamacare. Um, it seems like it's quieted down a little bit. The, 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 the networks aren't really going crazy on every show talking about it as much. It seems like it's kind of simmered down. Um, for a minute there, the administration was coming out with the numbers every month. What, where does that stand now? Is it, is it as bad as what everybody was saying on the right? Um, what, are the latest, what are the latest numbers as far as enrolled in the ACA? Well, where are we at with that? Well, I think that um, things are obviously a lot better in terms of well, for the Obama administration because we're not seeing uh, websites crash every second. <laughs> um, but, you know, things still aren't good. There are premiums going up in most states. And I think next year, after the elections, we're going to see uh, Obamacare be back on the front page because a lot of these um, rules and regulations this administration are very uh, probably... It was smart of them to delay a lot of these uh, regulations until after the midterm election. So that people wouldn't get upset and go vote for Republicans. So I think after the midterm elections, we're going to see that become a huge issue again once those uh, delays expire. How is it that the president has, has basically, I mean, just violated constitutional laws uh, with so many different, you know, changes to, to, to the law that he's made just by himself without going through Congress and, and again here recently uh, with this with this Taliban trade he didn't go through Congress again is that is it, again is that just because the GOP the establishment GOP doesn't want to do nothing they just want to be status quo why do you why don't you think there's any repercussions at all well I think it also has to do with the Democratic Party they are so so in love with this president um, 
they're unhappy, but they still think that he can do no wrong. Yeah. Um, they, they don't want to go against him. Even some of the things that are just not, you cannot even defend them. You can turn on MSNBC and they're trying to find ways to defend them. Um, I think that, you know, this president has been able to, to get away with it, and that has a lot to do with it. If this were Bush, Democrats would already be doing <laughs> impeachment nonstop. Oh, yeah. Um, and what's funny is probably Senator Obama. If Bush had done what he did, and uh, Senator Obama would call for impeachment, because Senator Obama was a constitutional lawyer who cared about the Constitution, at least he purported to, and now he's doing things that are things that Bush would never be able to get away with. Isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth, Michelle? I mean, it's exactly what he would what he, what he, what he been doing. All right, let's take a few more questions from Facebook. This is a little bit off. This is actually off the political front. I had a uh, this, In fact, this guy who asked me this is one of my old shipmates in the Navy. He wanted to know about NASA and the funding that NASA doesn't quite get as much as a lot of people would, would hope they could get, and some of the other people are glad it's not getting any. What are your thoughts on NASA and the funding that they wish they had more of? Well, I love space, and I hate government funding. However, I feel like I make an exception <laughs> to NASA, because I think NASA does some pretty awesome things. Um, I wish that we probably spent more money on NASA than for these ridiculous programs that we have right now, because NASA is awesome and inspires kids, too. I, I don't see it... Um, I don't see the government giving more money to NASA, though, especially now when you see things like SpaceX, with all the wonderful things that Elon Musk is doing. Mm -hmm. People will say, oh, there's no reason to, um, to give money to NASA when there's you know, private uh, companies that are doing the same thing. And there is some truth to that. They are doing some, some awesome things. So I don't, but I don't see the government giving money to, uh, to NASA anytime soon, unfortunately. Yeah, I agree. In fact, I think SpaceX has a chance to put boots on Mars before NASA does, the way they're yeah, doing things. Definitely. Yep. All right. Now this is another. This isn't quite political, but we had a few people chime in on this subject. Stolen valor. Now there's a guy. Um, I'm not going to say his name because I'm afraid of of some. I don't know. I just don't want to bring his name up. But there is a guy who's claiming that he's walking across America. Um, he did spend some time in the Marines, but he was he was uh, let go. He was let out of the Marines on an other than honorable discharge for being AWOL for like I think it was like two hundred and something days. Um, so now he's marching across, claiming that he's raising money for veterans, when in fact he really isn't. He's just kind of going on a sightseeing tour, getting people to give him money for motel rooms instead of camping, like he said he would do. But anyway, what are your thoughts on Stolen Valor? Because he's not the only one. There's some other people out there that are claiming to be veterans and um, reaping the rewards that they shouldn't be getting. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think it's disgraceful. I mean, it's awful to, to go around purporting to have served and wear, you know, military decorations and medals. It's awful. Um, I think there should be harsh penalties for those people. I mean, what they're doing is fraud. Um, but... I, I don't know if there should be, I don't think there should be separate laws for that. I mean, what they're doing is misrepresentation and the laws that exist to, um, you know, to rectify those situations and punish those people. What do you, th what do you think can be done? Because this, this, this one in particular person is traveling 
from state to state. He's in Texas now, I believe. Um, there is a group out there that's united that's trying to stop this guy, but is there an actual law in the books, I guess is the question, um, that that he's breaking? I mean, I, I'm not exactly sure, but I, if he's collecting money and gifts, uh, when he's acting as though he's someone who has served in the military, I mean, that's against the law. I mean, it's fraud, right? It's, you're misrepresenting someone, uh, something that you're not, and uh, they should definitely be in prison. I mean, if you're lying about having a Medal of Honor or what have you, that's fraud, and I think it's, it's horrible. Yeah. Well said. Okay, last thing I'm gonna I'm gonna read this to you. This was a, a, a message that I got from a dad who has a son in the Marine Corps. I'm gonna read this to you. And I want to get your thoughts. Okay, ready? Okay. Okay. It says I'm hearing more and more about our troops having their medical records lost from Afghanistan and Iraq. This is causing our active duties significant hardships with getting their injuries documented to ensure receiving benefits post-discharge from the military slash VA. My son, who was blown up twice in Afghanistan, um, and that's the term they use over there in the Marine Corps, Michelle, blown up um, when they hit IEDs. Um, so anyway, he says, my son, who's blown up twice in Afghanistan, now has a TBI, traumatic brain injury, is being questioned whether his injuries were service-related because they lost his medical records, which include CAT scans and MRIs related to his two blast analysis. Have you heard about this trend? Uh, what are your thoughts, Michelle? Can you look into this? Wow, I have not heard that. I have not heard of that. I would love if uh, you could connect me with the person who is having this issue. I, I, mean, I can. I can. Absolutely terrible that, you know, <laughs> that we have, uh, you know, the VA and the government losing medical records. It's, it's horrible. I, If you could connect me, I would absolutely love to to talk to the person. Okay. I'll follow up and see what's going on. I will absolutely do that. Okay, Michelle, we've wrapped up the interview. Um, I want to I want to give you an opportunity to talk to to your fans and followers and uh, tell them when they can find you on Facebook and Twitter and talk about some any upcoming projects you may have uh, in, in the works. Awesome. Well, I, thank you first off for having me on. I really appreciated it, and I uh, all the questions that your followers ask, followers ask, and they can follow me on Twitter at Michelle Fields. Or, of course, follow me on Facebook, PJ Media, and then I'm on Cashing In every Saturday at 11.30 a.m. on Fox News. So I would love that they could check it out. 